Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, this weekend marks Earth Day with the theme, A Partnership for the Planet. Protecting the Earth is important, of course, and so is getting outdoors to enjoy the planet we're protecting, which is why Saturday is also National Trails Day. In addition to all that, Saturday is Prescription Drug Take Back Day, a serious, sobering, and necessary event in its own right. We'll get details. And we have another collection of yummy and easy-to-make recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, April 21st, 2023. Originating the program from the home studio this morning, um, and I've uh, I've actually got my window open. It's such a beautiful morning. The rain is coming, but it's not here yet, and so I'm just enjoying the uh, beautiful morning. I've got the. You may hear the birds chirping in the background because I've got the uh, window open at the uh, home studio this morning. Just letting the fresh air in. Good day for uh, that, at least until the rain arrives here. So this is. The story of the most tone-deaf boss of the day. <laughs> Saw this this morning on the uh, Newswire. And I thought, what a, a perfect way to start a Friday. Uh, Miller Knoll, it is an upscale furniture company based in Michigan, uh, getting this week's award for morale-boosting or morale-busting among its employees. The company recently canceled... It's annual employee bonus on the grounds that overall revenue goals had not been met. So the employees were not getting a bonus. Then it uh, subsequently announced that the CEO of the company, Andy Owen, was paid almost $5 million in total compensation last year, including incentives and bonuses. So the workers, the employees get nothing. Uh, they get zero bonuses and uh, the CEO gets $5 million. Uh, and naturally, you'd think the employees were upset about this. But the CEO, Mr. Owen, <laughs> didn't understand what all of the uh, anger was about. Uh, he was ranting uh, at employees on a Zoom call for whining about their lack of bonuses. <laughs> How completely tone deaf do you have to be? The company has uh, kind of walked this back, saying the final decision on employee bonuses has not yet been made. But uh, I'm thinking, wasn't that uh, sort of the plot on uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? You know what happened to the boss in that <laughs> that case. <laughs> the CEO got paid five million whining about the or uh, griping, grousing about the uh, company's whining about their lack of bonuses. Man. <laughs> Speaking of work, this was kind of interesting. Among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. When you think of your coworkers, who would you most rather work with? Uh, defined by generation. Uh, it would be uh, younger co-workers, older co-workers, somewhere in between. 74% of managers and business leaders say Gen Z is the most challenging generation to work with and work for and work 
alongside. This is according to a recent survey by ResumeBuilder.com. Managers feel that Gen Z employees lack technological skills and get easily distracted. Generation Z. Um, The survey polled 1,300 managers and business leaders across the United States. And uh, they said... Maybe it's because of COVID-19 and remote education and all of that. Gen Zers, they say, lack the foundation to be more successful than older generations in entry-level positions. This is according to Chief Career Advisor Stacy Haller from ResumeBuilder.com. One in three respondents prefer, on the other hand, to work with millennials and 30% would rather work with Gen Xers. So those are the, the preferences and uh, Gen Zers, the most challenging generation to work with. I don't know if that reflects your workplace but or whether you've even ever thought about that, but uh, something to think about. It's kind of interesting. The biggest news of the week is this story, in case you haven't heard it. Uh, you definitely want to know this. McDonald's has a, this is a big deal at uh, Mickey D's, the fast food chain, beginning April 27th. So next week, uh, McDonald's will let you dip or smother whatever you order with its special Big Mac sauce. You remember the old slogan to all beef patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun? Or is that just me? Am I just too old? (laughs) You remember that, right? Anyway, uh, the special sauce on the uh, Big Mac. Uh, when you order through the McDonald's app for a limited time, you can get free dipping cups of Big Mac sauce with any order. So if you get your chicken nuggets and you want to dip them in Big Mac sauce, you got it. Um, you can order packets a la carte with any order. And to add an aesthetic touch... The dipping cups will sport a retro look of blue and silver from the original Big Mac sandwich wraps. Uh, This is not the first time McDonald's has spotlighted their special sauce. Back in 2017, Mickey D's caused a social media surge when it gave away 10,000 bottles of the stuff. But for a limited time, beginning April 27th, you can get... Uh, free dipping cups of Big Mac sauce with any order of Chicken McNuggets, and you can order packets a la carte with any order. So, you're welcome, America. Definitely want to make sure that you were aware of that story. Big story this week. Uh, This is kind of crazy. You talk about the uh, most buzzworthy stories of the day. You're familiar with the uh, painting on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. I mean, Even if you've never seen it, you are aware of it. You know of it, right? You've probably seen pictures. Well, apparently, according to the curator of special projects at William & Mary's College of Art, um, Adriano uh, Marinazzo is his name, the curator of the uh, college's uh, art museum, William & Mary. He is now claiming that Michelangelo actually painted himself into the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. Specifically, he believes that Michelangelo, the Renaissance artist, depicted himself as God in the famous, famous work. <laughs> um, 
He says the artwork depicts God as an elderly man with a long gray beard giving life to Adam by stretching out his right arm. And Mr. Uh, or Professor Marinazzo says he came up with a theory after conducting research on Michelangelo's sketches, discovering what he says is a self-portrait that bears a striking similarity to the artist's image of God. So, apparently, how did nobody else figure this out? I mean, this thing was painted in the 16th century. You would think somebody would have noticed and called attention to the fact that, hmm, God on the Sistine Chapel bears a striking resemblance to Michelangelo. I think he painted himself as the deity. He must have thought very highly of himself. But if you think about it, I mean... You know, you have to base the image of God on something, and uh, why not yourself, I guess? <laughs> I mean, if you're the artist, then that's one of the uh, <clears throat> one of the things you can do, I guess. If you're the artist, you, you can base it on whoever you want, so why not yourself? So I thought that was kind of interesting. And uh, finally, among the first things that you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, this is your feel-good story of the day. I love this. A a woman in Texas is going to be graduating next month from Northeast Lakeview College in San Antonio. Hazel Feldman is 97 years old, graduated from high school in New Jersey back in 1943. She finally started started college back in the 1980s. So she graduated high school in 1943, started college in the 1980s, but then took a 15-year break after moving to San Antonio. Uh, after enrolling at the uh, local college, she said she had been taking one course at a time uh, ever since she reached the age of 90. <laughs> when you're 90, you can't handle a full course load. You got to, you know, pace yourself. So she was doing one course at a time. Uh, the Alamo College's Board of Trustees granted her request to accept life experience as college credit. And so now she will uh, earn an honorary Associate of Arts degree um, here in the spring from Northeast Lakeview College. Uh, at the age of 97. Isn't that awesome? That is all kinds of awesome. I mean, that is the uh, absolute pinnacle of stick to uh, it is, it is never too late. That should serve as motivation for us all. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your TGI Friday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Rain showers today with a high in the low 60s. Showers are likely tonight with a low in the mid-40s. Officials say it's time to purge your home of unneeded or unused medications as part of Hancock County's ongoing effort to combat medication misuse. Medications can be safely disposed of at a drop-off location at the Finley Municipal Building parking lot on West Crawford Street from 8 to noon on Saturday. You can simply drive up, drop off your old medications for safe disposal, and go on your way. Saturday is National Prescription Drug Take-Back Day. U.S. Senate candidate Bernie Moreno made a campaign stop in Findlay. Moreno is hoping to win the GOP nomination to go up against Democrat Sherrod Brown in the fall of 2024. Moreno says he supports the bipartisan rail safety legislation being proposed by Senators Vance and Brown. And he added that Norfolk Southern should be required to make East Palestine even better than it was before that toxic train derailment. 
It means making them whole on home values, any expenses that they had for relocation, for meals, for travel. They need to leave. Those residents of East Palestine need to be better than they were before this train derailment happened. The businessman from Cleveland stopped by Deach Brothers to talk to people and take some pictures. He then got a behind-the-scenes look at the iconic Finley business. Get more on the website. A fundraiser for The Ohio State University has changed its name after an accident involving Ohio State football offensive coordinator Brian Hartline. The fundraiser was originally called Coaches and Cocktails. We checked the website for the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer, and the event is being billed as Coaches Q&A. As we reported, the police report showed Hartline may have been drinking when he crashed his UTV on his property. Hartline and another person were hurt but are expected to be okay. I'm Clay Gordon. People with a chocolate sweet tooth are going to love the United Way of Hancock County's new fundraiser. It's called the Downtown Chocolate Tour, and it'll be held on Saturday, May 13th, falling on Mother's Day weekend. During the fundraiser, ticket holders will make their way to each of the participating retailers and restaurants at their leisure, collecting chocolate treats and taking advantage of special offers at each stop. Get more details on the Downtown Chocolate Tour on our website. Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN 95.5 FM. The Blanchard River Watershed Partnership is taking Earth Day and turning it into a week-long effort to raise awareness and encourage action to protect the local environment. Earth Day, of course, is tomorrow, but Earth Week locally continues for the next several days. And in case you missed it yesterday, Watershed Director Lauren Sandhu dropped by the studio to give us more information. Talk a little bit about what the the mission of the Blanchard River Watershed Partnership is, what it is that you do, especially as it relates to the mission of Earth Day. Yes, so we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization um, based out of Finley, Ohio, but we serve the six counties in the Blanchard River Watershed, so Hancock, Putnam, Allen, Hardin, and portions of Seneca and Wyandotte. And so our main focus is educating people about the Blanchard River, letting them know, you know, what are some of the issues that we face. And then we're entirely grant funded. So we work to secure grant funding to implement projects like wetland installations and rain gardens. And we do a lot of public outreach and education as well. Because when most people think Blanchard River, uh, in this community especially, (laughs) they think flooding. Right. And um, your mission is more, you know, keeping the the Blanchard River clean. Yes. And, you know, there is some, I guess, flood mitigation uh, work with respect to that. The cleaner we keep it, the, the better it flows and, and things like that. Yeah, and there is definitely crossover. We focus on water quality, but if you put in something like a wetland or a restored floodplain, that's going to have some type of water holding capability. Yeah. So there is crossover a lot of times, but our main focus is definitely water quality. Which is interesting because just that is a perfect example of how everything is so interconnected. Way more connected than we realize until Mm -hmm. we start looking at them. There's always that kind of law of unintended consequences where maybe you do one thing in this region of the watershed and it ends up affecting this other area of the watershed. Yeah. And that's one thing that we like to communicate as well. You know, even though we're not directly on the Great Lakes here in Finley, our waterways do ultimately connect to Lake Erie. So one of the big issues that we're really trying to bring awareness to is litter. And a lot of people don't realize just how much litter we really do have here. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always tell people that 
you know, you don't really see it until you start looking for it. And once you see it and start looking for litter, then you just see it everywhere. Yeah, you can't unsee it. Right. This is something, I I guess it's it's something we inherently know, but don't often think about, sometimes have to be reminded. Right, exactly. So you actually are uh, partnering with uh, Finley Brewing, uh, and you've got t-shirts and, you know, all kinds of things going on. Yeah, it is a huge Earth Week celebration. So for the last couple of years, we've partnered with the Finley Brewing Company to celebrate Earth Earth Day, and they created a special brew for us called the Blanchard River Brew, um, which we receive a a portion of the proceeds of. And last year, we expanded the celebration to include t-shirts, and that was a really big hit. And this year, uh, the city of Finley um, asked, you know, are you able to expand this? And so that's kind of how Earth Week came about. And so that turned into, we're still making the Blanchard River Brew, we're still doing T-shirts, mm-hmm. but we've also added a whole slew of events. There's special Earth Day themed cocktails at the brewing company that come with <laughs> wildflower seeds. Okay. Um, and then the businesses that are participating downtown. So the initial thought was since Earth Day fell on a Saturday, we were going to treat it like a second Saturday in Finley. And that became, well, why don't we just have a whole you know, week-long second Saturday? So businesses that are participating, they will have reusable tote bags that are available for just a dollar donation to the BRWP. And um, people are encouraged to use those tote bags instead of plastic bags for the week. And if you use your tote bag, you'll get you know special deals, special incentives, discounts, and things like that at the participating stores. And the participating stores are also highlighting their eco-friendly, sustainable products. Very cool. So uh, those totes are going to be available, what, all week long? All week, beginning on Saturday, this Saturday, the 22nd through Sunday, the 30th. And if you go to uh, www.visitfinley.com slash earthweek, you can see the whole list of events, all the participating businesses. You can also visit our website at www.blanchardriver.org. And you can follow our Facebook page. And If people want to take action, so, you know, swapping those single-use plastics for reusable items like tote bags, that's really the focus next week. And then a big element of Earth Week is our Earth Week Litter Challenge. We have a week-long litter cleanup that we're running using a phone app um, called Litterati. And there's instructions on our website for how to use it, download it, and how to participate. Mm -hmm. But if you join this litter cleanup and you participate next week, You'll be entered into a, a drawing to win gift cards to downtown Finley. Awesome. So, awesome. Uh, and all it takes is uh, just downloading the app and making a few simple changes or doing uh, you know, a few simple things. It's, yes. And, and this is one of the things we think that this is more difficult than it actually is. Yeah. And if everybody just made one small change, I mean, mm. if, if you've got enough people just changing one small aspect, just yeah. deciding, you know, I'm not going to use plastic bags at the grocery store. Right. I'm going to use a reusable coffee mug. You know, those types of things. If mm-hmm. enough people do it, yeah. it makes a big difference. And and that's why these... Or if we just recycle the plastics that we do use. Correct. Yeah. Yes. That's, uh, you know, it can, doesn't get a whole lot easier than that. It, it really doesn't. And there's uh, the city of Finley has placed dumpsters downtown um, from April 22nd through the 29th, there'll be dumpsters at the Public Works Department on 330 North Quarry Street. And they're accepting um, the litter that's picked up during the Earth Week Litter Challenge, as well as unwanted bulk there items. Go. There you go. And on 
Saturday the 22nd and Saturday the 29th, they're accepting tires. Which is a, uh, I know, is a big environmental issue. We so. have pulled many tires out of the Blanchard River, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely a big one. And that is, it's, you know, items that are tricky to recycle, people don't really know what to do with. So when you have a community-wide event like this, it, it's great for yeah. people to use. So again, uh, this is all happening through the course of the week beginning, uh, well, actually, you've already started uh, mm-hmm. some of these uh, things, and you can order the t-shirts that we were talking about and, yep. and all of those things uh, now, but really starts in earnest uh, this weekend and runs all next week. Yes. Yeah, there's a big launch at the Finley Brewing Company this Saturday. It's the Earth Day party. Very good. So I uh, encourage everybody to uh, take part. And uh, you, as you said, you have all of this information up on your website yes. too, right? Yep. BlanchardRiver.org. Very easy to remember, but we have a link up on our webpage as well, so folks can uh, check it out there. Again, uh, Lauren Sandu, uh, coordinator for the Blanchard River Watershed Partnership with us this morning, talking Earth Week activities locally, protecting the local environment and beyond. Lauren, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Appreciate uh, Lauren dropping by the studio yesterday. If you want to learn more, we've got the link up at our webpage at goodmornings.net. Scroll down to yesterday's program. The link is is up there if you want to hear our full conversation with Lauren Sandu of the Blanchard River Watershed Partnership. Check out the Good Mornings Podcast Edition, which you can stream directly from the website. Website You can listen on demand on the WFIN app, which is free to download from the App Store or Google Play, or you can subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, one other event going on in conjunction with uh, Earth Week, the uh, mayor doing a special Earth Week edition of the Move with the Mayor program. It'll be Tuesday at Riverside Park beginning at 5.30. It's a litter cleanup walk. So it'll be walking and picking up litter and uh, all of that. So uh, the mayor getting into the uh, spirit of things as well. We encourage you to do your part. So now, in addition to Earth Day, this Saturday is also Prescription Drug Take Back Day, which is a serious and sobering subject in its own right. And joining us this morning with details on that is Ashley Schmidt, Vice President of Regulatory and Compliance at Inmar Intelligence. They're a data platform company that is the industry leader in RX Returns Solution. And Ashley, you can explain this much better than I can. What is National Prescription Drug Take Back Day and why is it? so important? Well, thank you, Chris. I'd love to explain that. So the National Prescription Drug Take Back Day was created by the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration in order to create awareness around the implications of improper prescription drug disposal, which can lead to abuse or misuse or even environmental contamination. So, Twice each year in the spring and the fall, the DEA, in partnership with local law enforcement agencies and organizations like NMR Intelligence, work together to encourage families like yours and mine to take stock of what's in our medicine cabinets and sweep out those unused or expired medications and drop them off at a local take-back event so that they can be properly disposed of. Of course, this is the time of year when we're thinking about spring cleaning and decluttering, so it makes sense to highlight this now because it's already top of mind for a lot of people. But important to emphasize that this really should be and is an ongoing effort. It certainly is. As a matter of fact, 
Um, NMAR hosts 6,000 kiosks across the country that are available in local retail pharmacies, hospital pharmacies, and law enforcement agencies um, so that you can safely dispose of your medications any day of the year, really. Why shouldn't, and you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but I want to go back and emphasize this because years ago, uh, we might have been told that any unwanted or unused drugs uh, should just be thrown out or flushed down the toilet. Why is that not the preferred option? Well, a couple of things come to mind. So so we don't want to toss them in the trash um, because they could be diverted or stolen out of the trash. But I think importantly, too, is, um, you know, we don't want to flush them down the toilet because they, they can contaminate our water. We know that um, almost half of us are living in areas that have trace amounts of pharmaceuticals in our water um, because of either flushing pharmaceuticals over time or leaching um, of the chemicals when they are disposed of in landfills. So for for bo- both of those reasons, it's very important that they are properly disposed of through an event um, or through one of these kiosks or in, in cases where folks are um, homebound and unable, there are also um, um, mailback envelopes um, that mm. um, take those medications straight to proper destruction. Now, uh, with respect to those kiosks, uh, where do you, where are yours located? And we've seen these uh, all, all over. Uh, how how can people find them if they're not sure where they are? Sure. So, as I mentioned, we have about six thousand kiosks located across the country, and um, we've collected about a million pounds of unwanted medications, and you can find a kiosk near you by going to safemedicinedrop.com. Okay. And there, at that website, you can enter your zip code or your city and state and find a kiosk nearby. So what then uh, is done with those medications once they are dropped off in one of these kiosks? Kind of take us through what happens next. Sure. So... So, um, so um, per the DEA requirements, all drug kiosks must be located within sight of a pharmacist or within a law enforcement agency, hmm. with few exceptions. Um, and so, when those kiosks fill up, they are un, they are un, they are boxed up. You know, the inner lining is boxed up and transported um, securely to a disposal facility where they are incinerated. Hmm. Uh, and again, uh, this is kind of what you do is coordinate all of that, right? We do. I am so fortunate to be able to work for an organization that is making an impact in this area um, because it's incredibly important to me. Um, and as I said, you know, we, we've collected ourselves um, over a million pounds hmm. and through Take Back Events, we've collected about 1,400 pounds of unused and expired medications. We, um, you know, NMAR Intelligence also operates in those states that have a manufacturer-funded program in coordination with pharmacies and hospitals and local law enforcement and nonprofit agencies to um, to operate the Take Back program. So there's a lot of this stuff out there. I'm very and, proud of. Yeah. Um, I also, I also should mention uh, this because the fact of the matter is, when I mean, we talk about uh, medications that are unused or expired or unwanted uh, and so on, but 
so many households, just about every household has medications uh, in the home that they that they do need. What can people do to protect their households uh, from the inherent dangers of keeping drugs uh, in the home? Because, you know, we can't throw them all out, obviously. That's right. So it's important to keep those medications that you are using safely secured and, you know, to monitor those patients. Um, as we know, um, about half of those folks who eventually become, you know, addicted to opioids, for example, have taken, bought, or um, uh, received medication from a friend or a relative. So it's really important for us to keep tabs on those medications um, so that they can be properly disposed of if we are if we are not going to use them. So very important uh, for all of the implications uh, with respect to the medications that we keep uh, in our homes and when to get rid of them when they are no longer needed. Uh, again, uh, Ashley Schmidt is Vice President of Regulatory and Compliance at Inmar Intelligence. Where do uh, we mention, or you mentioned the website, where do we uh, get more information? Let's uh, share that again. Sure. So the website um, for kiosk locations is safemedicinedrop.com. And you can also find more information about drug disposal at nmar.com. We'll link those uh, up at our webpage as well. Ashley, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. We appreciate it. Well, thank you so much, Chris. And I would say the call to action, you know, is for people to remove these medications because unfortunately almost 300 people per day die from drug overdose. So proper disposal is vital. You could literally save a family member's life. So every April, right around the week of Earth Day, with all of the stories about protecting the environment, which is important, of course, also like to highlight some of the ways to get out and enjoy the Earth that we are protecting. And joining us this morning is the Vice President of Communications for the Rails to Trails Conservancy, Brandy Horton. Brandy, what are some uh, ideas for getting outside and out onto the trail this spring season? The best advice I have is that there's no bad way to get out on the trails. You know, one of the things that's wonderful about multi-use trails, which are those places where you can walk, you can bike, you can run, you can push a stroller, is that there's there you don't require a lot of equipment to get out there. You don't require a lot of training. You just need to find the space. Um, and there's a lot of tools and resources to do that, like Rails to Trails Conservancy's Trail Link app, which is a great tool for finding trails near you. Um, it's a great resource. It's free. You can put it on your phone. You can access it on your computer. Uh, but all, all you know, there's no bad. There's no wrong way. There's no bad way to get out there. And I think yeah. sometimes people want to make sure it's the right space for them. But it's like, oh, it's the right space for everyone. You can really do whatever makes you happy out in those spaces. Hence the term multi-use. Uh, so I, I know, it. I know, especially uh, during the pandemic, where uh, people, when they wanted to get out, needed to sort of distance and and uh, get out and get the fresh air. Uh, there was a lot of trail use. You saw what are what are some of the latest data? Has that trend continued? 
Absolutely. We are seeing um, people continuing to build walking and biking into their everyday lives. And we recently conducted a national opinion poll to get a sense of just kind of what are people thinking about trails at this moment in time and trail use. And nearly two-thirds of Americans say that they want to use trails more than they do now. So even though trail use is up, two-thirds of Americans still want to be using trails more. And some of the things that kind of get in the way of that is knowing about places to go. So the trailing gap is a great tool for that. But also knowing kind of what to do in those spaces and thinking about, you know, is this the right place for me? And that's something that makes about what makes Celebrate Trails Day so important because it's a moment for people to come together, whether it's around an event that's happening or, you know, just kind of being like, this is the day I'm going to get out there and give it a try. I'm going to hopefully see some of my neighbors and friends out there. It really reinforces that trails are spaces for everyone to walk, bike, and be active outside. Yeah, not not just uh, for whatever type of activity you enjoy, but uh, whatever your skill level is or what I mean there are people who will go out and bike uh, 20 miles uh, in an afternoon and those who will you know walk a quarter of a mile and they're fine I mean again whatever wherever you're at uh, there's uh, space for you that's the beauty of it. And they're incredibly accessible for people of all abilities. So if that you're too. you know, going out with young kids, I have three kids, you know, that's a that's a space for them. It's also a space if you want to go out there and do a century ride, you can yeah. get that done too. Yeah. Um, and again, we talk about this in the context of, uh, of Earth Day. Talk about how getting outside and on these trails makes a difference, not just for the people who enjoy them, but for the planet as well. Trails are a really important space in our communities to bring people together, to bring people together in nature, and to build stewardship. Um, people, when you start to connect with the wild spaces that are right in your neighborhood, whether you live in an urban space, you live in a suburban space, there is nature all around you. And trails really kind of bring you right into that. What we find is that it builds more kind of connection to the earth, more stewardship kind of as part of who we are. But the other thing it does, trails do, is they provide transportation options in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And that means that we can maybe think about swapping a car trip for a trail trip, reducing our carbon footprint, reducing our emissions in that way. Most of the trips in our country are within a 20-minute walk or a bike ride. So if the trail is in a place where you can access that safely and, and kind of do that without a car, suddenly you have another option for getting around where and, you live. And it certainly uh, builds appreciation for those outdoor spaces. Now, as it happens, this year's Celebrate Trails Day aligns with Earth Day. So how do we take part in celebrating both? Your one-stop shop is railstotrails.org. You'll have all the information on events that are happening. There are events happening in Ohio, all across the state. There's quite a few events in Ohio. Um, There's events happening all across the country. There's also resources, information, tips for kind of how to get outside, different ideas, motivation for for things to do. And that's where you can find that trail link app. You can download that to your phone. You can also access it on the web um, and find trails near you. If you are planning to get out and, and kind of participate in Celebrate Trails Day, we hope Hope you'll share with us on social, uh, tag us at Rails to Trails, hashtag Celebrate Trails. We want to lift up all of the great participation that's happening and really just demonstrate the impact that trails are making for people, places, and the planet. And of course, the app is also great for finding new trails, new places to explore, because uh, if you're like my wife and I who go out and we bicycle some of the, the trails uh, around here, you, I don't want to say you get bored with it, but you want something new, you want something fresh, here's a great way of finding uh, right. new places to explore. 
That's perfect. That's exactly right. There you go. The the options are limitless. (laughs) They they literally are. Again, uh, Brandy Horton is Vice President of Communications for the Rails to Trails Conservancy. We'll get a link link up on our webpage for all of that information. And Brandy, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. So glad to be here. Thank you. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. So it appears that the job of toy tester is not just for kids. Love Honey. (laughs) The company Love Honey is uh, seeking uh, individuals to review their adult toys. And they're going to pay $1,000 if you're interested. (laughs) And they emphasize no experience necessary. <laughs> uh, applicants must be 18 years or older, live in the U.S. or Canada, and uh, they emphasize that individuals who have never used uh, their toys or any such toys are welcome to apply. Not only will you get new goodies every month, but you'll also consult with the design team. So, <laughs> looking for toy testers, they're paying a thousand bucks. Um, <clears throat> you can apply if you're interested. You can apply online starting May 1st at the Love Honey website. <laughs> I never really thought about it before, but I guess they would need to test those products. <clears throat> anyway, moving on. I just I just mentioned it because if you're looking for work or a side hustle, well, maybe that's not the term that I want to use in that case. But moving on. Now, this is odd, Um, and you would think, with all of the things there are to do on a cruise ship, it's ironic that fishing is not one of them. Two passengers on a carnival cruise have been banned for life for fishing off the side of the ship. (laughs) Video footage posted to TikTok showed the travelers fishing uh, from the balcony of their room. The uh, post showed a passenger reeling in a fish, and a man can be spotted placing the catch on the floor of the balcony. Carnival representative emphasizes that fishing from our ships is prohibited. Which, again, there's some irony there, isn't it? I mean, you are on a ship at sea, and you can't fish. All the things you can, you know, you can ride a roller coaster. You can uh, uh, gamble at the casino. um, You can see... Uh, a musical show and you know a cabaret but you can't fish on the ship fishing from the ships is prohibited it is uh, believed that the ship was docked in the bahamas where non-residents are required to have fishing permits however carnival did not confirm exactly where the uh, ship was in this particular incident so you would think fishing would be one of those things that you can do on board a uh, cruise ship but apparently not banned for life An Arizona man is under arrest after taking self-serve a bit too far. The self-serve concept uh, apparently does not apply at this Phoenix area church. Uh, Police discovered 20-year-old Jeremiah Sykes baptizing himself in the nude in a fountain at One Life Church in Mesa. (laughs) Baptizing himself in the nude. He was charged with indecent exposure and criminal trespassing. 
Uh, also, charges of resisting arrest and aggravated assault were added after uh, Mr. Sykes punched two officers at a uh, holding facility. So he's got a ways to go before he gets that uh, that Christian thing down, even though he may be now baptized. <laughs> he's got a ways to go to get uh, get that whole Christian love thing down. <laughs> um. A man in Tennessee facing charges for allegedly accidentally firing an AR-15 into a neighbor's apartment in Memphis. (laughs) 19-year-old James Wingo Jr. was cleaning his AR-15 when it went off at the Covington Hills Apartments. The victim told police she found a bullet hole in her living room wall early yesterday morning. Um, At the time of the incident... Uh, She was there along with another adult and two children. Fortunately, no one was hurt. Police recovered the weapon, and Mr. Wingo is due in court later today. (laughs) Some people just should not own firearms. I'm all for the Second Amendment, but there are some people who just should not own firearms, you know? And lastly, in today's broken news, parents in Kennewick, Washington, Washington State, are in a bit of a tizzy over a recent event at their middle school where students were allegedly encouraged to participate in a whipped cream licking contest. What? A whipped cream licking contest at a Washington middle school. Apparently, (laughs) the contest involved students licking whipped cream off of a plexiglass divider where there was one person from each team on either side. A video of the uh, event gives the appearance that the students and staff are kissing and otherwise being rather intimate with each other. (laughs) And this did not sit well with parents. Imagine that. Imagine that. Uh, Parents felt it was inappropriate and sent the wrong message to young people. The superintendent of the district, Dr. Tracy Pierce, has since issued an email stating that the activity does not reflect the high standards we hold for our staff members as outlined in district policy. (laughs) Did nobody think of that before the event? I mean, who green-lighted this event? Who approved this particular event? I want to know. Uh, The uh, superintendent goes on to say, we appreciate all those who have expressed their concern and we can assure you we are taking appropriate action to address the situation. Uh, But they did not say what appropriate action would be. (laughs) A whipped cream licking contest at a middle school. Again, I just I, I would love to have been a fly on the wall at the meeting where somebody proposed that and then somebody approved it. Hey, I've got an idea. Let's do a whipped cream licking contest for our middle schoolers. And somebody said, great idea. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that is today's broken news report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. And it certainly is that. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming.
This is Ed Blentz with OSU Extension. It's planning season. Drivers will be sharing roads with tractors and farm machinery. Be alert for slow-moving vehicles, especially on roads of limited visibility. Watch out for equipment pulling in and out of fields. Drivers and farmers, let's work together this spring to keep our roads safe and accident-free. This message from WFIN and 95.5 FM. Your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Spring is here, and with it comes the annual ritual of spring cleaning. According to a new survey of 2,000 Americans, 55% of Americans engage in the annual process of spring cleaning, uh, organizing and decluttering our homes. And on average, it takes us four days and 19 minutes to completely clean and organize the home. (laughs) Four days and 19 minutes. That seems very specific there. Um, Eight in 10 Americans, according to the survey, believe that spring cleaning makes them feel more in control of their life. 54% say it boosts their mood. 49% say it reduces stress. 48% say it increases focus. Uh, 47% says, say organizing our home helps us organize our thoughts. And 45% uh, say it improves our physical health. Yeah, our physical health. Eight in 10 see cleaning not only as a uh, ritual to you know clean and organize our home, but also as an exercise routine, eight in 10. So it does get us active. Um, this is kind of uh, interesting. Now, not everyone voluntarily or joyfully cleans or and organizes their homes uh, this time of year. Not everyone is happy about engaging in spring cleaning. 63% of those in the poll admit to cleaning or organizing their homes simply to avoid the judgment of family and friends when they happen to stop by. <laughs> so we're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it so that we don't get judged. Um, (laughs) when it comes to which room is the most organized in the home, the living room was the top pick. 26% said the living room is the most organized as for the most disorganized, the dirtiest room, kids' bedrooms, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting. 17% said their kids' rooms were the dirtiest in the house. Only 17%. I, that shocked me. I thought that was going to be way higher (laughs) than that um and what sort of process this i thought was uh was kind of interesting uh where did i see this um uh, 47 when when asked what type of organizational method people prefer when spring cleaning 47 percent said that they prefer to organize the things that they have and keep them in a clutter-free living space 47%. By contrast, 38% prefer to throw things away to have a minimalist living space. So I thought that was kind of interesting, different approaches to the idea of spring cleaning. Are you in that organize what you have or throw things away kind of mindset? And in terms of the organizational choices or the styles that we prefer It seems that we are inspired mostly by outside factors, such as home and lifestyle magazines, 
38% look to home and lifestyle magazines for organizational inspiration or tips. Uh, 34% home improvement stores provide that uh, motivation or, or inspiration for the style uh, of organization that we adopt. 33% turn to social media platforms. Uh, 32% organization and home improvement shows on TV. And 31% rely on advice from friends and family. So there you go. Some of the, and the top five feelings that we have after spring cleaning and organizing, after we're all done, 55% say mostly we feel accomplished. 46% say after we're done, we feel motivated. 42% feel energized after they're done. 36% feel relieved. <laughs> and 22% say after they're done, that's when they feel overwhelmed. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, everything you've ever wanted to know about the ritual of spring cleaning. And once again, to finish up the week, as is the tradition here on the program, my wife Kyra has joined us in the studio for another collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> it's going to be a busy day. It is going to be a busy day yeah, for us. We've got a lot of things going on uh, today. Uh, so no, <laughs> no time to... Yeah. No time to be cooking in Kyra's kitchen today. No. But uh, no, it may be takeout today. <laughs> <laughs> even even Kyra's kitchen closes occasionally, yes. and uh, this will probably be one of those days. But we did have uh, these recipes yes. uh, earlier what, this week. Was it earlier this mm-hmm. week, or was it last week? And they it all was, kind of I run it was, together. It was uh, Tuesday. Okay. Yep. So we've tested these, and uh, they are very, very yummy. Um, yummy and easy to make. And yep. first up, we have a recipe for chicken crescent rolls, which are not really crescent rolls. Right. Well, the way you I use, did it. Yeah. You use crescent rolls, yeah. but it's more of like a yeah. uh, shredded chicken pie. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the, you can wrap it also. Okay. So either way. So okay, I did it more of as a pie, like a pie crust, or, or is you it can like wrap a casserole it. dish? Correct. Yeah. 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 Um, sort of. Yeah, a casserole dish, but the but the crescent roll was a crust. Yeah. That's the way I did it. But you don't the, have to do it that reci- way. Huh, no, okay. this recipe has you wrapping them like I do when okay. I make so, our our sandwiches. Okay. So, I was just in a hurry and, and just to wrap it. Well, Sorry. either of them were, uh, yeah. yeah, they're, they're both yummy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and basically they're the same thing. So yes. how do we do this? Yes. So one eight ounce can of refrigerated crescent roll dough, one 10 and a half ounce can of cream of chicken soup. Um, I had uh, cream of mushrooms. So that's what I use. Uh-huh. Uh, four ounces of cream cheese, one and a half cups of fully cooked shredded chicken, a half a package of ranch dressing, mix and two tablespoons of chopped sweet onion make uh, make note of that you're talking about the ranch dressing mix, mix. not yeah, ranch the dry dressing. mix the dry, the dry mix, mix. Okay. yes so preheat your oven to 350 degrees prepare an eight by eight inch uh, baking dish um, by spraying it with non-stick 
cooking spray, pour the canned soup and cream cheese into a medium pot and heat on the stove over medium heat, stirring often until the cream cheese is melted and incorporated with the soup. Then add your ranch dressing and remove the sauce from the heat. Uh, reserve one cup of the sauce, <clears throat> excuse me, then add the rest to a medium mixing bowl. Um, add your shredded chicken and your onions. Stir that well to combine. Separate your crescent rolled uh, dough and scoop a spoonful of the chicken mixture onto the wide end of each crescent roll mm-hmm. and then fold it up and uh, crimp your sides a little bit just so it doesn't uh, place each Come open, yeah. yeah, each packet into a prepared baking dish and pour the reserved gravy over the chicken packets uh-huh. uh, in the pan. Bake for 20 to 25 minutes until golden brown and serve warm. Now, again, the way you did it. So the way I did it, because I was... And this makes it a little quicker if yeah, you're pressed for time. Yeah, a little bit quicker. I was in a hurry. I just pressed my crescent rolls in the bottom of my 8x8 eight eight, uh, prepared mm-hmm. dish. And then I combined my cream of chicken and my chicken and, uh, and my uh, mushroom soup and uh, my... My mushroom soup and my cream cheese. I combined that. Then I added my chicken, combined that, put that in... In the casserole dish. In the... And and then we did a little Parmesan on the top, didn't we? Yeah. Or not Parmesan, I'm sorry, cheddar. I did some cheddar cheese on Uh, top. You know, on the the top, some shredded Because I didn't reserve any of the sauce... For the gravy. The, well, you wouldn't I have to right. uh, mm-hmm. if you I make it that way. I just put some cheddar so. cheese on, put so that's it in an, the oven, baked it the same exact way. and Yeah, it was yummy. Yeah. So uh, yeah. an alternative way yes. of uh, making that. Uh, so to go along with that, you have a side of Parmesan roasted potatoes. Yes. So one stick of butter, uh, about that's about a half a cup. Um and uh, half a cup of grated Parmesan cheese, three tablespoons of seafood seasoning, salt and pepper to taste, and two pounds of red uh, potatoes. Try and get the small ones if you can, the smaller ones. Yeah, the small potatoes. Yeah, the smaller red potatoes washed. Then you're going to add your stick of butter to a 9 by 13 inch baking pan. Uh, place that in the oven, uh, into a cool oven. Turn the oven on to 400 and let the butter completely melt. Um Remove the pan uh, when the butter is melted. If it's a little brown, it's okay. That's kind of that golden brown yummy. It has a Mm -hmm. really good taste to it. So it's okay. Uh, Meanwhile, cut your potatoes in half and score each of the potatoes on the bottom where you cut it. So score... Um, okay. We're on the cut side, score each one of those. Then in a small bowl, combine your Parmesan cheese, your tablespoon of your seasoning salt, and your seasoning and your salt and pepper. Then sprinkle the seasoning mixture onto the bottom of the pan with the uh, melted butter. Then place your potatoes cut side down into the pan on top of the seasoning. Spray the top of your seasoning with some cooking spray. I have I sprayed mine with olive oil because I have my little olive okay. oil spritzer. Mm-hmm. Uh, then um, add your remaining herb seasoning, kind of sprinkle that on top, bake uncovered for about 40 minutes or until potatoes are, te- are and because, tender. And because you're putting those in cut side down, it's yeah. going to soak up all of right. that stuff. And it's, yeah. Yeah, it's really, really yeah. tender and good, real yep. good stuff for Parmesan yep. roasted potatoes. And then for dessert... Uh, have a banana pudding yes. recipe. Yes. So, eight ounce uh, block of cream cheese, soften to room temperature, a 14 ounce can of sweetened condensed milk, five ounce package of instant vanilla 
pudding. That's your large box. Uh, three cups of milk, two tablespoons of vanilla extract, eight ounce tub of whipped topping thawed, um, 11 ounce box of vanilla wafers and five to seven bananas peeled and sliced. So in a large bowl, beat your cream cheese with an electric mixer um, on medium speed until it's smooth and fluffy. Add in your sweet and condensed, condensed milk, your vanilla pudding mix, your milk and your vanilla extract. Um, mix until combined well. Fold in half of the tub of of whipped topping mm-hmm. to layer. Um, place one third of the vanilla, the, the vanilla wafers in a layer. Easier, easier for you know, to say. On the bottom of <laughs> your nine by 13 inch baking dish, mm-hmm. add a single layer of your sliced bananas, then pour one third of your pudding mix on top of that, enough to cover all the bananas. So then you're going to layer you're that. layer it with like with a more, lasagna. Yeah, like doing more layers. vanilla yes. wafers yep. and continue to do, bananas and all yeah, that. Continue, you're going to have two more layers, then top with your uh, that whipped cream that you left uh, mm-hmm. that you put aside. You're going to top it with that, then cover it with uh, plastic wrap and refrigerate for at least um, one to two hours because you want those wafers to soften up a little bit. And for everything yes. to thicken up. So, yep. yeah, yep. really good stuff. Uh, I too, love banana there. pudding. So, yeah, banana pudding, good yes. stuff. Uh, the chicken crescent rolls, the Parmesan roasted potatoes, and the banana pudding recipes are all posted on the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page at Kyra's Kitchen WFIN on Facebook. If you don't follow the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page, you really should, and you can get there from our webpage at goodmornings.net. We have a link up there. You can find the recipes and share on all kinds of other things, and you can share your favorite recipes and twists on the recipes yes. that we yes. have and requests if there's something that you want yeah. uh, to see from uh, well, Kyra's Kitchen. you want to see if maybe there's a way to make it easier. I mean, I'm all for easy. Yeah, uh, that is <laughs> uh, one of the mantras quicker. here, yeah. easy and quick. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good point. If you <laughs> have a favorite recipe and you think this is great but it just takes too long yeah. is there anything that i could do to Maybe. make it a yeah. little quicker yeah um we'll get kyra on the case yeah. she'll do some uh, research and trial and error and yeah <laughs> see what i that. can do we'll see what we can do <laughs> uh again uh goodmornings.net or uh, like the kyra's kitchen facebook page at kyra's kitchen wfin my wife kyra Thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage. And that, of course, is goodmornings.net. Coming up Monday on the show, you know, no unresolved problem ever just goes away, especially when it involves legal troubles. We have details on the Finley Municipal Court's latest Safe Surrender Day event coming up later this month. So until Monday morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next week.